0: Chapter forty three of the hidden hand. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bridget. The hidden hand by E. D. E. N. Southworth. Chapter forty three Black Donald. Feared shunned belied ere youth had lost her force, he hated men too much to feel remorse, and thought the vice of wrath a sacred call to pay the injuries of some on all. There was a laughing devil in his sneer. THAT CAUSED EMOTIONS BOTH OF RAGE AND FEAR, AND WHERE HIS FROWN OF HATRED DARKLY FELL, HOPE WITHERING FLED, AND MERCY sighed FAREWELL. BYRON. Herbert Grayson had been correct in his conjecture concerning the cause of Colonel Lenore's conduct in absenting himself from the trial, or appearing there only in the person of his attorney. A proud, vain, conceited man— full of Joseph's surfacisms, he could better have borne to be arraigned upon the charge of murder than to face the accusation of baseness that was about to be proved upon him. Being reasonably certain as to what was likely to be the decision of the orphan's court, he was not disappointed in hearing that judgment had been rendered in favor of his ward and her friends. His one great disappointment had been upon discovering the flight of Clara. For when he had ascertained that she had fled, he knew that all was lost, and lost through Capitola, the hated girl for whose destruction he had now another and a stronger motive—revenge. In this mood of mind, three days before his departure to join his regiment, he sought the retreat of the outlaw. He chose an early hour of the evening, as that in which he should be most likely to find Black Donald. It was about eight o'clock when he wrapped his large cloak around his tall figure, pulled his hat low over his sinister brow, and set out to walk alone to the secret cavern in the side of the demon's punch-bowl. The night was dark, and the path dangerous, but his directions had been careful, so that when he reached the brink of that awful abyss, he knew precisely where to begin his descent, with the least danger of being precipitated to the bottom. And by taking a strong hold upon the stunted saplings of pine and cedar that grew down through the clefts of the ravine, and placing his feet firmly upon the points of projecting rocks— he contrived to descend the inside of that horrible abyss, from which the top seemed to be fraught with certain death to any one daring enough to make the attempt. When about halfway down the precipice, he reached the clump of cedar-bushes growing in the deep cleft, and concealing the hole that formed the entrance to the cavern. Here he paused, and looking through the entrance into a dark and apparently fathomless cavern, he gave the peculiar signal-whistle, which was immediately answered from within, by the well-known voice of the outlaw chief saying all right my colonel give us your hand be careful now the floor of this cavern is several feet below the opening lenora extended his hand into the darkness within and soon felt it grasped by that of black donald who muttering slowly slowly my colonel succeeded in guiding him down the utter darkness of the subterranean descent until they stood upon the firm bottom of the cavern they were still in the midst of a blackness that might be felt except that from a small opening in the side of the rock a light gleamed. Toward the second opening, Black Donald conducted his patron, and, stooping and passing before him, led him into an inner cavern, well lighted and rudely fitted up. Upon a large natural platform of rock, occupying the center of the space, were some dozen bottles of brandy or whiskey, several loaves of bread, and some dried venison. Around this rude table, seated upon fragments of rock, lugged thither for the purpose, were some eight or ten men of the band, in various stages of intoxication. Along the walls were piles of bearskins, some of which served as couches for six or seven men, who had thrown themselves down upon them in a state of exhaustion or drunken stupor. Come, boys, we have not a boundless choice of apartments here, and I want to talk to my colonel. Suppose you take your liquor and bread and meat into the outer cavern, and give us the use of this one for an hour, said the outlaw. The men sullenly obeyed, and began to gather up the viands. "'Demon Dick seized one of the lights to go after them. "'Put down the glim. Satan sends your skin for you. "'Do you want to bring a hue and cry upon us? "'Don't you know a light in the outer cavern can be seen from the outside?' "'roared Black Donald. "'Dick sulkily set down the candle and followed his comrades. "'What are you glummering about, confound you. "'You can see to eat and drink well enough "'and find your way to your mouth in the dark, you brute,' thundered the captain. But as there was no answer to this, and the men had retreated, and left their chief with his visitor alone, Black Donald turned to Colonel Lenore, and said, "'Well, my patron, what great matter is it that has caused you to leave the company of fair Clara Day for our grim society?' "'Ah, then, it appears you are not aware that Clara Day has fled from us, has made a successful appeal to the orphans' court, and has been taken out of our hands?' angrily replied Colonel Lenore wee My Colonel, I think I could have managed that matter better. I think if I had had that girl in my power as you had, she should not have escaped me.' "'Bah! Bah! Bah! Stop boasting! Since it was through your neglect—yours! yours!—that I lost this girl!' "'Mine!' exclaimed Black Donald, in astonishment. "'Ay, yours! For if you had done your duty—' PERFORMED YOUR ENGAGEMENT, KEPT YOUR WORD, AND DELIVERED ME FROM THIS FATAL CAPITOLA. I HAD NOT LOST MY WARD, NOR MY SON, HIS WEALTHY BRIDE, EXCLAIMED leonore ANGRILY. CAPITOLA! CAPITOLA AGAIN! WHAT ON EARTH HAD SHE TO DO WITH THE LOSS OF CLARA DAY? CRIED BLACK DONALD, IN WONDER. EVERYTHING TO DO WITH IT, SIR. BY a CUNNING ARTIFICE SHE DELIVERED CLARA FROM OUR POWER, ACTUALLY SET HER FREE, AND COVERED HER FLIGHT UNTIL SHE WAS IN SECURITY. "'That girl again! Ha, 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 ha! Ho, 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 ho!' laughed and roared Black Donald, slapping his knees. Lenore ground, and gnashed his teeth in rage, muttering hoarsely. "'Yes, you may laugh, confound you, since it is granted those who win to do so. You may laugh, for you have done me out of five thousand dollars, and what on earth have you performed to earn it? Come, come, my Colonel, fair and easy. I don't know which is the vulgarest, to betray loss of temper or love of money, and you are doing both. However, it is between friends. But how the demon did that girl, that capital Capitola, get Clara off from right under your eyes? By changing clothes with her, confound you. I will tell you all about it, replied Lenore, who thereupon commenced and related the whole stratagem by which Capitola freed Clara, including the manner in which she accompanied them to the church and revealed herself at the altar." Black Donald threw himself back and roared with laughter, vigorously slapping his knees and crying. "'That girl! That capital Capitola! I would not sell my prospect of possessing her for double your bribe. Your prospect—your prospect is about as deceptive as a Fata Morgana. "'What have you been doing, I ask you again, toward realizing this prospect and earning the money that you have already received?' "'Fair and easy, my Colonel. Don't let temper get the better of justice.' What have I been doing toward earning the money you have already paid me? In the first place, I lost time and risked my liberty watching around Hurricane Hall. Then, when I had identified the girl and the room she slept in, by seeing her at the window, I put three of my best men in jeopardy to capture her. Then when she, the witch, had captured them, I sacrificed all my good looks, transmogrifying myself into a frightful old field preacher, and went to the camp meeting to watch, among other things, for an opportunity of carrying her off. The sorceress; she gave me no such opportunity. I succeeded in nothing except fooling the wiseacres and getting admitted to the prison of my comrades, who I furnished with instruments by which they made their escape. Since that time, we have had to lie low—yes, literally to lie low—to keep out of sight, to burrow underground. In a word, to live in this cavern. And since which you have abandoned all intention of getting the girl and earning the five thousand dollars," sneered Lenore. "'Earning the remaining five thousand, you mean, Colonel? "'The first five thousand, I consider, I have already earned. "'It was the last five thousand that I was to get when the girl should be disposed of.' "'Well?' "'Well, I have not given up either the intention of earning the money, "'or the hope of getting the girl. "'In truth, I had rather lose the money than the girl. "'I have been on the watch almost continually, "'but though I suppose she rides out frequently, "'I have not yet happened to hit upon her in any of her excursions.' At last, however, I have fixed upon a plan for getting the witch into my power. I shall trust the execution of my plan to no one but myself. But I must have time. Time! Perdition, sir! Delay in this matter is fraught with danger. Listen, sir, how Warfield got possession of this girl, or the knowledge of her history, I do not know, except that it was through the agency of that accursed hag, Nancy Grewell. But that he has her, and that he knows all about her, is but too certain.' That he has not at present legal proof enough to establish her identity and her rights before a court of justice, I infer from the fact of his continuing inactive in the matter. But who can foresee how soon he may obtain all the proof that is necessary to establish Capitola's claims, and wrest the whole of this property from me? Who can tell whether he is not now secretly engaged in seeking and collecting such proof? Therefore, I repeat that the girl must immediately be got rid of. "'Donald, rid me of that creature, "'and the day that you prove to me her death "'I will double your fee. "'Agreed, my colonel, agreed. "'I have no objection to your doubling, "'or even quadrupling, my fee. "'You shall find me in that, as in all other matters, "'perfectly amenable to reason. "'Only I must have time. "'Haste would ruin us. "'I repeat that I have a plan by which I am certain "'to get the girl into my possession, "'a plan the execution of which I will entrust "'to no other hands but my own.' "'but I conclude as I began. I must have time.' "'And how much time?' exclaimed Lenore, again losing his patience. "'Easy, my patron, that I cannot tell you. "'It is imprudent to make promises, especially to you, "'who will take nothing into consideration when they cannot be kept,' "'replied Black Donald coolly. "'But, sir, do you not know that I am ordered to Mexico, "'and must leave within three days? "'I would see the end of this before I go,' angrily exclaimed Lenore. Softly, softly, my child, the colonel, slow and sure, fair and easy goes far in a day. In a word, will you do this business for me, and do it promptly? Surely, surely, my patron, but I insist upon time. But I go to Mexico in three days. All honor go with you, my colonel, who would keep his friend from the path of glory. Perdition, sir, you trifle with me. Perdition, certainly, colonel, there I perfectly agree with you. But the rest of your sentence is wrong. I don't trifle with you. "'What in the fiend's name do you mean?' "'Nothing in the name of any absent friend of ours. "'I mean simply that you may go—to Mexico. "'And my business? "'Can be done just as well, perhaps better without you. "'Recollect, if you please, my colonel, "'that when you were absent with Harrison in the West, "'your great business was done here without you, "'and done better for that very reason. "'No one even suspected your agency in that matter. "'The person most benefited by the death of Eugene Lenore "'was far enough from the scene of his murder.' "'Hush! Perdition seize you! Why do you speak of things so long past?' exclaimed Lenore, growing white to his very lips. "'To jog your worship's memory, and suggest that your honour is the last man who ought to complain of this delay, since it will be very well for you to be in a distant land serving your country at the time that your brother's heiress, whose property you illegally hold, is got out of your way. "'There is something in that,' mused Lenore. "'There is all in that.' "'You have a good brain, Donald.' What did I tell you? I ought to have been in the cabinet, and mean to be, too. But, Colonel, as I mean to conclude my part of the engagement, I should like, for fear of accidents, that you conclude yours, and settle with me before you go. What do you mean? That you should fork over to me the remaining five thousand. I'll see you at the demon first, passionately exclaimed Lenore. No, you won't, for in that case you'd have to make way with the girl yourself, or see old Hurricane make way with all your fortune. Wretch that you are! Come, come, Colonel, don't let's quarrel. The kingdom of Satan, divided itself, cannot stand. Do not let us lose time by falling out. I will get rid of the girl. You, before you go, must hand over the tin, lest you should fall in battle, and your heirs dispute the debt. Shall out, my Colonel, shell out and never fear. Capitola shall be a wife, and Black Donald a widower, before many weeks pass. I'll do it. I have no time for disputation, as you know, and you profit by the knowledge." I'll do it, though under protest, muttered Lenore, grinding his teeth. That's my brave and generous patron, said Black Donald, as he arose to attend Lenore from the cavern. That's my magnificent Colonel of Calvary. The man who runs such risks for you should be very handsomely remunerated. End of chapter 43